all the good things. We got all the good things. They are the only country in the entire world that is carbon negative. Sometimes we can forget that, you know, doing a small act of kindness to a random stranger can also make us feel really good. That you are naturally a good, loving, kind person. That is super inspiring that they're taking the initiative to promote well-being in their culture and in their communities. There's a whole section of their government just dedicated to happiness. Share more kindness in the world and to do small acts of kindness if you can. And hopefully it creates a bigger ripple effect of positivity in the world. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to All the Good Things Podcast. This is your host, Esme. And Melissa. And we are here to tell you good stories. That is the whole point of our podcast. It is something we're very, very passionate about. And we are excited to tell you good stories about good people and good places today. One thing we love to do every single time is just begin with reflecting on the little good things going on in our lives to remind us that good always, always, always exists. So take a moment here and do the same for yourself and then melissa let me know what is one good thing going on in your life thanks esme a good thing going on in my life quite obviously right now is christmas this has always been my favorite holiday and the week that i look forward to most in the year besides my birthday uh-huh. um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> christmas was amazing that, melissa. <laughs> you support that okay absolutely cool. birthdays it's like your own holiday. It's a holiday for you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so for Christmas, though, I went up to Big Bear to visit my family. And then I went to visit a friend. And Ollie and I joined on a family friend's Christmas party. Uh, and it was super fun just to be around like friends and family and loved ones and have that time to be together and share special moments and traditions and stories that's the kind of stuff that makes my heart swell, so it felt really nice to be connected. How about you, Esme? What was your good thing? I gotta, I gotta do Christmas. And it's my good thing because it was honestly such a good, beautiful, magical day. And I was really nervous leading into it because it was my first Christmas not being with family in real life. Thank you, COVID. Um, (laughs) (laughs) thank you but no thank you not thank you that was sarcastic that was my attempt at being sarcastic I was not happy that I wasn't going to be with family but I felt like it was the responsible choice to not travel um, back home to Minnesota or even down to see my family in San Diego for Christmas so I stayed here in LA but I still had a fantastic time I zoomed with everybody I called everybody we opened presents together And I still had a place and a home to be um, for Christmas. So, yeah, it was my first Christmas without family in L.A., but it was still just as magical and I still felt just as loved. So it was a great, great time. All right, let's dive into these stories. Melissa, take it away. Okay, girlfriend. I'm just realizing that's like my favorite word to call you these days. <laughs> I'm just <I> always <laughs> like, yeah, girlfriend. I uh, listened okay. back to our first episode of our new season and we said, okay, girl, like 
so many times. You're like, oh, you know what? get it, girl. Yeah, girl. <laughs> anyway, I thought to end the year, I would choose a story that highlights acts of kindness and acts of kindness paid forward by the beautiful people of our world and community. So this particular story I got off kindspring.org. Shout out to you guys. And the name of the family mentioned in this story is anonymous because I believe it was told by the woman who's featured in the story. So the person who wrote it, her username is mbl10. All credit to you. Anyway, should we give her a fake name for this story? You know I love giving fake names. The last time we gave fake names, it was Petunia and George. I think we can do a little bit better this time. What about Cleo? How about Cleo, but it's pronounced Cleo. Cleo. I dig it. I think she would like that too. Okay, I'm going to give Cleo's the only one that needs a name. So perfect. All right, imaginary Cleo, but real story, but imaginary name. Anyway. Um, Cleo and her four grown children were all back home visiting together for the weekend and her grandkids were there. They decided that, hey, we should go out for brunch, as any family would probably do when they're all back together in town. And Cleo and her family decided to go to a pancake house for brunch. And they're all eating there. It's a lovely environment. Her granddaughter was trying pancakes for the very first time, so Everyone was like staring at the baby, the baby girl, and just like smiling and giggling as she was like digging her face into pancakes. And you could see that like whole fresh new feeling on her face like, whoa, this is amazing. And Cleo noticed from across her table that there was an older gentleman sitting alone by himself eating breakfast. And he was, you know, consistently looking at the granddaughter and smiling at her when she was like eating her pancakes. And the woman, Cleo, carries a bunch of these things called smile cards in her bag. And I guess she just keeps these in her bag for a rainy day for when she wants to give someone a smile. Oh my gosh. I know. That's amazing. Yes. I want smile cards. Clearly, Cleo is an experienced mother of four grown children with grandbabies herself, so she knows a thing or two about spreading some positivity and always being prepared. I feel like being a mother teaches you to always carry everything in your bag that you may possibly need. So this was one of her things. And she told her waitress that she wanted to pay anonymously for the gentleman's bill, for his food bill. And she said instead of sending him like his receipt or his bill, send him the smile card and leave it with him. So the waitress did as she said. And Cleo went about continuing to enjoy brunch with her family, not really paying much attention. And she noticed after the gentleman left, the waitress came back and said, he actually ended up paying the smile card to someone else in the restaurant and paid their bill and left the smile card for them. And Cleo was like, oh my God, that's so nice. And they continued to like eat their leisurely brunch, celebrate. And before she knew it, the waitress came back And another, like, three tables had left. And she said all three of them had paid the smile card forward and bought another table's meal. So, like, by the time Cleo's family had finished their breakfast and left, pretty much half of the diner had had their meals paid for by other random strangers. 
Yes. Uh, and they all continued to just pass the smile card on to other people who perhaps needed it. And what I love most about this story is that it's so simple and something seemingly insignificant or small to do for someone, just a small act of kindness, but the ripple effect it had end up impacting pretty much everyone in that diner. Like more, probably more than 12 people got a free meal out of it and got a smile on their face just because of one person's desire to do something kind. So I loved that about that story. And Cleo, I'm really happy that you shared that smile card. I want to know what's on the smile card. Me too. It didn't go into detail, so I don't want to make things up, but... In my imagination, it would at least be a smiley face on the card. And then I feel like... a smile card, absolutely. (laughs) And then I feel like it would say, like, smile or something on it. It must also say to pay it forward or something. Because if every single person was inspired to do that... Also, shout out to this diner just full of good people who all got the good thing, the good surprise of someone paying for their meal, and decided to go spread that kindness right away. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's one of those things, like as we end the year, sometimes we can forget that, you know, doing a small act of kindness to a random stranger can also make us feel really good. And it doesn't take much. It's simply a smile in itself is enough. Like smiling at a stranger, saying hello. Especially during these times where we've all been kind of isolated or alone. Some of us may really need it more than others. So I encourage you, just like this story entails, to share more kindness in the world and to do small acts of kindness if you can. And hopefully it creates a bigger ripple effect of positivity in the world. I love that. And I love that you said it makes people feel good when you do good things. Because if you just imagine being someone at that diner and getting your your meal paid for and then choosing to pass it on, I bet when you leave, you, you feel so good because you passed it on. Even more so than feeling good because someone gave you that kindness. And what I love about that and I've themed on this in past yoga classes, is the simple, simple, simple truth that you are naturally a good, loving, kind person. And that's why when you do good, kind, loving things, you feel good. It's also why when you do bad things, they don't necessarily get you the result that you're looking for and they don't feel that great. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so simple. And in the theme and the spirit of Christmas, just like when the Grinch finally realizes that Christmas is awesome and he decides to give presents back to the Whoville people, his heart expands and literally bursts out of his chest like three times the size that it was. And I really think (laughs) that's what happens when we do nice things for people is our heart just continues to grow and expand. Or at least that's what I imagine in my head. It does. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to my story, Esme, our last episode of Good Stories for this year. What is your good story to end the year with? I am actually so excited to share this because I happened across this story. And when I happened across it, it was honestly less of a story and more of a really good fact. 
and I was going to share it on one of our Little Things episodes, little self-promotion here, go check out our Little Things episodes, they're just little collections of short, good stories that you can just easily listen to in a couple minutes, and I discovered pretty quickly that there is a lot more substance to this good thing that it actually was enough to be a whole good story. Ooh, well, you've got me intrigued. So I'm going to begin with a quote from an anthropologist named Dorji. And he said, Bhutan, as a mystical kingdom, trouble-free and blissful, lives in the imagination of the West. And this is how I would like to set the scene for this story, because it is not a story about a person, it is a story about an entire group of people in a beautiful country called Bhutan. Bhutan. So, have you heard of Bhutan before? I haven't. Actually, is that near Thailand somewhere? Ish. It's a Himalayan country, so it's nestled right between India and China, and it's right next to Nepal and Bangladesh. You know what's weird is I don't really know why I know the name, but I know how it's spelled. How is it spelled, Melissa? B-H-U-T-A-N. Ding, ding, ding. Ooh. See, I don't know why I know that. (laughs) Yep, that's correct. It is a very, very small, small country. They only have a population of around 700,000. Okay, that is Under a million. Yeah. The fact about Bhutan that drew me into learning more about this country was the fact that they do not measure their worth in GDP or gross domestic product, which is the like gold standard for how we measure economy. They measure their country with something called gross national happiness. Oh, G-N-H. G-N-H. And let me tell you, about gross national happiness, my friends. It is really a combination of four main things. The first is economic growth. So the economy is interwoven into gross national happiness. It also focuses on social development, on cultural preservation, because the Bhutanese culture is incredibly unique, just like any culture out there. And the fourth thing that gross national happiness focuses on is environmental sustainability. So Bhutan is a Himalayan country. They are mountainous and pristine, like truly, truly gorgeous. So gross national happiness includes all of those things. And they simply describe it as development with values. So their economy is important, but not so important that they will take away from the nature around them or allow their culture to fall to the wayside. Mm. So it's, it's a balanced focus. It's a holistic approach. And their goal really 
is to live in a way that is holistic, not just economic. Wow, I love that. Aren't they so cool just right from the beginning? They're so cool. Within their government, they have something called the Ministry of Happiness. Oh my gosh. There's a whole section of their government just dedicated to happiness. Why is this not like big news? I mean, it's big news now (laughs) on this podcast. They have made it big in the news, not quite for gross national happiness, but for the things that they have accomplished with gross national happiness at their core. Cool. So that's what I'm going to tell you about. And I'm so excited. And I watched a TED Talk on it. So if you want to search the TED Talk, I'll definitely leave it in the show notes. You can go just click the link directly. It's so beautiful. And you can hear this firsthand. And the speaker describes Bhutan as a small, underdeveloped country that is thriving because of extraordinary kings. So they have a monarchy with kings. And normally when you hear of monarchy and kings, you think of power-hungry people that maybe want to, you know, behead, uh, treason. Concubine. All those words. Gold. Fancy. Fancy clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Concubine. That's what comes to my head. Well, let me tell you that the kings of Bhutan are nothing like those pictures that we have in our mind. In fact, they oftentimes wear the exact same outfits as the common people. And let me tell you something even cooler. The king of Bhutan, specifically his majesty, the fourth dragon king of Bhutan, was the person who really advocated for gross national happiness back in the 1970s. And he said, gross national happiness is more important than gross national product. And that they really just want to improve the happiness and wellness of their people. And, first of all, that's super cool already. But he gets even cooler. He imposed democracy on his people. Let me say that again. (laughs) The king, with all the power, decided to give all of his power to the people. They didn't fight for their democracy. They didn't demand it. They didn't need it. They didn't even want it or ask for it. But the king recognized that putting power in the people's hands is a really incredible thing to do. So he imposed a democracy He also required that all kings retire at the age of 65. Nice. Right? So he self-retired at the age of 51 to just voluntarily pass his crown down to his son. Aww. Right? What a wise man. It's awesome. It's awesome. He also added to their constitution a law slash rule where the people may impeach their king guys this is the king putting all of these checks and balances in place for themselves yeah he's like the senate the the house the legislation the judicial (laughs) branch he's all of it right now (laughs) all the things he's all the good things because he recognizes that he's awesome but maybe not everyone after him will be and even though they may be his bloodline exactly 
So first of all, this monarchy is like the greatest monarchy I've ever read about in my entire life because there's no beheading, there's no fighting for the throne, there's just let's put the happiness of our people first. So let me tell you how focusing on gross national happiness has transformed Bhutan into one of the absolute coolest places on earth that you could possibly live. For starters, they have a tiny, tiny, tiny economy, but they are still thriving. So their entire economy net worth is less than $2 billion, but they are still able to achieve all of these things. So keep that in mind as you listen to how epic they are, because they're able to do this with a tiny economy. Imagine what a country could do with a booming economy. Mm -hmm. To begin, 72% of their nation is covered in forest. 72%, over half of their country, is protected land. And it's within their constitution that 60% of their country has to be forest cover for all time. So it's a law that over half of their country always, always, always has to be pristine forest. Love that. You want to know what else is cooler? What? They have connected all of their protected lands with biodiversity and biological corridors. So they strategically created stretches of biological corridors, which is just protected land that acts as a bridge between the main protected areas so that all of the animals within their nation can freely travel amongst all of that 72% that's protected land. Yeah, like here, it's like imagine if Yosemite National Park was somehow also connected to Glacier National Park, which was also connected to, you know, the Smoky Mountains National Park. Yeah. Right? That doesn't happen here because there's just tons of land in between where development has happened. So animals can't reign free across all that epic space. So that's super cool. And it really helps promote biodiversity. So Bhutan is actually one of the biggest biodiversity hotspots in the entire world. Hmm. They also provide free education to all of their citizens. And for the hardworking citizens, a free college education because they recognize that an educated population can only contribute positively to society. They also provide free health care to everybody all the time. Oh and it works. God. It works for them. They have absolutely zero homeless people. Ah, oh, bless. No homelessness in Bhutan. And I read it deeper into that. If you, for whatever reason, are in the circumstance where you lose your home, you go to the king of Bhutan And the king of Bhutan grants you a section of land on which you may build your own home and your own garden to feed yourself. Wow. So it's super wholesome. This is like Um, straight ass Cinderella. Right? The other thing that they have is a program called Green Bhutan where they continuously plant trees and they've been working to make their whole government function paperlessly. Incredible. Oh my God. Incredible. 
They also have a program called Clean Bhutan, where citizens just clean up trash on the street. They provide free electricity to all of the rural farmers because they want to support agriculture. And they figured that if they provide free electricity, they won't need to burn wood to create heat. And that offsets carbon emissions. They have a cultural dress code where the citizens are encouraged slash required to wear their cultural apparel all the time. And it's actually been around for like 400 plus years, so people just love it and appreciate it anyways. And when they talk about it, they talk about it with pride. They're like, yes, this is my cultural garment. I get to wear this. There's no need to be trendy or fashionable because they have that apparel already. Mm -hmm. And it is pretty fashionable. It's pretty cool. It's pretty beautiful, too. It's, like, very colorful and, like, drapey. Ooh, like a yeah. toga sort of like thing. I know. Almost, what you're about. yeah. Yeah, I think it's called a go. And um, Akira is the one that the girls wear. So, first of all, all of these things are super awesome, but it gets even better. Oh my gosh, it can. Because <laughs> with all of this stuff that they have been focusing on and just the focus on the balance and holistic approach that comes with gross national happiness. They are the only country in the entire world that is carbon negative. That means no way. that they produce less carbon than the carbon emissions that their land absorbs. And specifically, they are close to around 4 million tons of CO2 just within the borders of their country that they absorb, that they take away from the atmosphere, which is the good direction to be mm -hmm. moving, right? right? Most countries right now are carbon positive where they're contributing more carbon dioxide than what the earth is able to handle. And that's what's causing global warming, ocean acidification, all the bad environmental things that are happening is because of you know carbon emissions carbon emissions carbon neutral is the goal for a lot of countries now to just get to a place where you're net zero bhutan is carbon negative wow. they are absorbing more carbon emissions than they're producing oh my God. they also have clean energy programs and they're working on exporting those clean energy programs beyond just bhutan so when you factor those programs into account closer to 17 million tons of carbon dioxide if you take into the account the impact that those programs have and just to put that into context for you that is more carbon emissions absorbed than the entire city of new york city emits in a whole year <laughs> and and this, this uh, TED Talk was a couple years old. It was released in 2016. And within the TED Talk that I listened to, they said by around 2020, which is now, now they would probably have made so many strides that they could be saving around 50 million tons of carbon dioxide. 
Like 50 million tons of carbon dioxide, carbon negative. That's epic. That is epic. That is that is epic. They sound like the holy grail of the universe. I feel like Bhutan is like what's saving the world right now. I feel like if Jesus or if God, whoever, planted it and was like, this is going to be the city that keeps us all alive and functioning on this earth. <laughs> I would not be surprised. They sound just absolutely in tune not just with the needs of the people and people as a whole but with the needs of our earth and our home and they recognize that those needs are not Mm -hmm. mutually exclusive for us to be happy for people to be happy for us to have a safe home we need to have a home which is the earth, and it's shared by everyone. So here is the really cool thing. Remember Mm -hmm. how I mentioned that they have a tiny economy? They could not afford to make all of these sustainable changes that they were attempting to make, but they did it anyways. And they used this incredible program slash fundraising model where over the course of 15 years, they were going to switch from a combination of donations from individual donors to gradually almost wean off of the donations and have the government of Bhutan slowly incur more and more and more of that cost until the government could pay for it 100%, at which point they would continue to pay for it for forever. So this program was called Bhutan for Life, and it was almost like a a massive Kickstarter to really make sure that these sustainable things could happen. And they totally crushed it. They got a lot of support. In 2016, they were really, really, really close to closing that deal, and they had a bunch of donations from the World Mm. Wildlife Fund. And their vision, my friends, and this is exactly what you were saying Melissa where they are like this little country that was gifted to us by the universe who's got all of their stuff together they want to promote earth for life and do the same exact thing that they did in Bhutan but on a grander scale with a grander economy where we all recognize that we're in this earth together and we all have a responsibility together and if Bhutan This tiny, tiny country with a population of under 700,000 limited resources can prioritize economy, culture, social development, intellect, and sustainability at the same time. Mm -hmm. We could absolutely do it. Absolutely do it on a big scale. That's so beautiful and inspiring to hear. And I'm honestly so motivated. I'm glad like this is the story that we're ending the year with because honestly, this is what we need to prioritize for all of us and for the benefit of all of us. And what I love most about this, where it connects kind of to my story, is that Bhutan is literally paying it forward. Like they're not just doing it for their home, their their generations right now. They're doing it for their country and their future citizens to come and that 
is super inspiring that they're taking the initiative to promote well-being in their culture and in their communities. That's just so interesting to me and so fascinating and awesome that these initiatives that they're doing are essentially part of their well-being and are essentially part of their culture. Like It's a part of their culture to protect their home. And I think that's a culture that we need to adopt in our own societies. Absolutely. And if the motivation to save the entire planet isn't enough, let me just let you know that they did a survey of all of the people that lived in Bhutan or a representation of it, and over 90% said that they were experiencing happiness, and over 40% said that they were experiencing and feeling extreme happiness and joy. 40 freaking percent mm. of their population is not just happy, but bubbling happy yeah beyond happy ecstatic because they live in literal paradise (laughs) and spoiler alert friends in case you didn't already know according this has been proven and studied according to like the psychology of happiness material things don't make us happy you guys they may give us moments of lust and pleasure and fleeting fulfillment but true happiness does not need... Like concubines? <laughs> like concubines. <laughs> but true long-lasting happiness is not fleeting and it doesn't depend on anything. It's not contingent upon anything. So true happiness does come from the small acts of kindness that you do, the gratitude that you show, the simple acts of having good social relationships and family and friends and prioritizing you know, sleep, exercise, nature. Like All of that is truly what actually is proven to be associated with our optimal happiness so Bhutan's got it figured out and they didn't even need anyone to tell them they are the best and what I love so much about this story too is that the sustainability aspect reminded me about your story in our episode to be change that shared Namante Ninquemo and how she single-handedly almost protected half a million acres of the Amazon rainforest. And the connection I want to make here is that she was a single person that brought forth a lot of positive change. And Bhutan is a government that created a lot of positive change from the top down. And if we really want it to work, we got to stop pointing fingers about whose job it is. Is it our job? Is it the government's Mm -hmm. job? It's everyone's job it needs to come from the top down and from the bottom up so that we can meet in the middle and do all of the things we're personally responsible for what we have control over and the government with their multi-billion dollar budget is definitely also responsible for their role in sustainability as well so perfectly said yes and in happiness yes amen screw the stock market i want I want gross national (laughs) happiness up in here, please. I know. Honestly, I hope that trickles into into our society as well. What if we had that and instead of unemployment benefits, they gave you like massages and therapy? Oh my God. I would. And unemployment benefits too. I would love a (laughs) massage right now. Oh, I would love that. Anywho, you can see why I was so inspired because I really thought I was just going to share a little thing about how this one country does gross national happiness and then it turned out that they were just effing Yeah, I'm so glad you 
dive deeper into finding more about Bhutan. And now I know so much more about Bhutan because of you. So this was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those are our good stories today. We hope you learned something. We hope you feel inspired. And above all else, we hope that you smiled at least once listening to this podcast. We are here for your stories, your good things. Please share them with us at www.allthegoodthingspodcast.com. And please, please, please help us grow our audience, share more good stories with more good people by liking this podcast, rating us, and subscribing to us as well. And that's it. And quickly shout out to Jamie for winning our Instagram giveaway. Um, All the way from Missouri, we see you. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And we're wishing you guys from all the good things. We're wishing you a happy new year as well. And we can't wait to bring you some more <laughs> good things and smiles. Is finally here. <laughs> We've made it. You made we it. We made it. And we're going to come back even stronger starting in January on more Monday magic. Monday magic. I love that. Let's keep that. Okay. Monday magic hour, guys. Stay tuned. Bye, friends. <laughs> happy new year. I just waved. <laughs> all the good things. We got all the good things. A story to uplift and moments of bliss to remind us all that life is a gift. And because we truly care, all the good things we share. All the good